This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. They each have their own personality. They fit in the palm of your hand, and they have a heart-shaped tag with the letters T-Y. I'm talking about Beanie Babies. For many of us Beanie Kids, we just love them because they're so cute and cuddly. And you can squish them and toss them and stack them up and dress them up. And... Ahem. Sorry. For others, collecting beanies is an obsession. Huh. Like you beanie moms out there. Becky Estensero was once a beanie mom. In fact, you can say the Beanie Babies craze of the 90s started in her Naperville cul-de-sac, where she used to live, about 30 miles west of Chicago. She joins us now to tell us more about it. Hi, Becky. Welcome to Reset. Hi, Sasha. Uh, great to be here. Also with us is Joni Hirsch-Blackman, a freelance writer based in Chicago. Her article in People magazine helped kick off the craze. Hi, Joni. Welcome. Thanks so much. Welcome. Becky, take us back to that time. How did this all start? Uh, yes, my next-door neighbor, Becky Phillips, was an avid uh, collector of all things Disney and, and different types of collectibles. And she had started this with her daughter. And then she had showed me these product, um, these Beanie Babies, and I started collecting for my children. And so because she was such an avid collector, uh, we kind of got caught up into the whole beanie craze and started searching for these beanies all over. And then we just kind of shared the beanies with, um, you know, all the other children and families in the cul-de-sac. And it just kind of evolved into this big craze, beanie mania craze, where we started writing books and magazines and we started uh, selling beanies on the Internet at wow. the beginning of the Internet craze. So when did you go from, from just buying toys for your children to becoming a true collector? of these toys? I would say very soon once we started uh, searching for these beanies and we saw that there was a list. And because of collectibles, anything first in a, a series is always more valuable. So as the Internet was starting to, to ramp up, we started going out to the Internet looking for information to do trading, and then we saw that people were willing to pay money for these. And since we're from the Chicago area, we had access to thousands of beanies. And that's kind of what started us is to collect for our children and see that these were starting to uh, be worth money. Did you feel like there was competition among other moms in the neighborhood? Not at the, not at the beginning. I would say against um, there was competition against other dealers that were selling the Beanie Babies, but not necessarily the mothers at first until it really became a craze. And then everybody was trying to find and buy beanies for their kids any way they could. Joni, you were also living in that cul-de-sac, and you still live there now. So tell us how you found out about Beanie Babies. Um, well, my first exposure, my uh, son, who was about six at the time, came home from a birthday party with a favor, uh, just a cute little monkey toy that he really liked. Mm -hmm. um, a few weeks later, my mom brought one for each of the kids, and they were Beanie Babies, although we didn't realize that at the time. And one of my kids noticed that the toys my mom had brought them had the same tag as my son's little toy. So again, I didn't think a whole lot of it until I was out in the cul-de-sac one day. We used to hang out there after school and watch the kids play. And uh, it was either Becky Phillips or Becky Sensoro. I can't remember. Becky, I don't know if you can, but one of them had beanies in their hands and started telling me about them. And I was like, oh, okay, I get it now. It's like this thing. Um, and I uh, had been a freelance uh, journalist for years and always was looking for ideas to pitch. At the time, I was stringing for People magazine, mm -hmm. 
Um, and when Becky told me that this company was based in Westmont, just outside of, uh, of us, I thought, well, right there in my territory, I'm going to suggest a story. And uh, we jumped on it pretty quick. Well, you, you interviewed Ty Warner twice for the publication, and yeah. you're the only journalist who's ever gotten an interview with him. So tell us what you learned about him and his vision for Beanie Babies. Um, he, he really had quite a, a quite a uh, formed vision, I would say. He had worked for 18 years for Dakin, the old um, stuffed animal company, and he uh, had this obsession where he wanted to create the perfect cat, the perfect stuffed cat, which kind of brought him to Beanie Babies through a series of events. Um, but his main, I would say, idea was to keep things um, from getting overexposed. He, he was very detailed uh, in our conversation about how trying to keep a fad from ending too quickly was very important. Mm. He only wanted to sell to small stores. He didn't want to sell to any of the big chains because he said they're going to cut the price and everyone will have them and then it's over. So he was very uh, strategic in the way he very slowly uh, let the new designs out and then retired old old designs. I don't know that he had the vision of what happened with the resellers, but he did know that if, if it was something that was going to last for a while, it had to be kind of uh, scarce. Becky, you're still involved with Beanie Babies uh, today. You, you run the Beanie Babies price guide website and a Beanie Babies authentication service online. How valuable are the toys now? Um, a lot of the very first series of toys that came out are still very valuable. Some of them are over worth over a thousand dollars. You know, the top three beanies um, are the very top beanie is the Chef Robichon, which was um, made for a special event, and there, that one is going for about sixty five hundred dollars. And then when Ty ran a Mastercard uh, special for people to get the Mastercard credit card itself, he created a, a bear to match that. So when you got the credit card, applied for the credit card, you got the bear. But then he made special ones because he always likes the scarcity of things. He made ones with a brown nose, um, meaning the logo on the nose with the brown background. And that one goes for over $2,700. Wow. And, yeah, so he's, he's got, you know, there's quite a few of these uh, beanies that are going still for over $1,000. That's incredible. Well, briefly, Becky, you know, there's a documentary that recently came out about how the Beanie Babies craze began in Naperville. We're going to check in with the filmmaker in just a moment, but I'm curious, how do you think it turned out? I thought the documentary turned out very well. It really took us down a kind of memory lane. It was very nostalgic to kind of just revamp and relive 25 years of when this all began for for all of us in the cul-de-sac. So it was kind of nice to, yeah. to see pictures when the kids were young. Yeah. You're listening to Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and we are talking about how Beanie Babies grew from a local fad in Naperville to a nationwide phenomenon. We've been speaking with Beanie Babies authenticator Becky Estensoro and with Chicago-based freelance writer Joni Hirsch-Blackman. Becky and Joni, thank you so much for your time. Let's turn now to the filmmaker behind Beanie Mania. That's a documentary that's now streaming on HBO Max. Yemesi Brooks is the director, and she joins us now. Hi, great to have you on the show. Hi, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for being here. Tell us why you wanted to make the film. 
So um, we first came up with the idea for this during the, I think, the very first lockdown, uh, when I think things were feeling particularly bleak. And there was a real kind of appetite for nostalgia and maybe to look back at a slightly simpler time. Um, and as I'm sure you guys know, when this happened um, was pre-9-11, it was obviously pre-pandemic, and it just seemed like a sort of interesting time to look back on. So that idea kind of came about and, and the more we looked into it, the more information um, and interest we found. Well, in the film, we learn a little bit about the dark side of the toys. Counterfeit right. versions and, and scams started showing up. Uh, stores and trucks mm -hmm. were carrying the toys and they got burglarized. Um, mm -hmm. Some collectors even ran into financial problems. So how did these mm -hmm. acts shape the Beanie Babies story? Well, you know, it's really interesting because Joni, um, who you just had on, one of the first things that she says in the, in the documentary that we made was Beanie Babies were great until the adults ruined them. And I think that is what, what ends up happening with a lot of lovely things. Uh, you know, Beanie Babies were originally uh, meant for children. But of course, the minute at which they become, um, you know, you, you can make money from them. I think everything kind of changed. Mm -hmm. But but kind of despite saying that, I will say that they gave an enormous amount of joy to an enormous amount of people. Um, but yeah, absolutely, there was a dark side to them. Well, you didn't get an interview with um, Ty Warner, but what did you learn about him and the way that he ran his company by talking to, to those who knew him and worked with him? So I guess what we learn is that he is very particular. He likes things in a certain way. Um, and as kind of Janie mentioned, Beanie Babies wasn't his first um, kind of foray into the plush market. He'd already been making different types of animals. And I guess what was always known about Thai products was that they were good quality. Um, and that kind of really sustained throughout. So he was a man that really cared about quality. Um, and also, I think he was a man with a, with a big imagination. You know, if you look at Beanie Babies, there is something that has a kind of little bit of magic uh, with them. So, yeah, I would certainly say that about him. Well, if you did have the chance to sit down and, and talk with Ty, what else would you want to know? I mean, it's very inelegant, but it'd be great to know how much money he made. <laughs> I don't think you'd be telling us that. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think you always want to ask those sort of questions that she definitely shouldn't have done. Because, you know, even just in our heads from running the numbers that we know that were sold and all of this, you know, you start to think, OK, this really was quite a profitable business. So, yeah, that would have been interesting to know. Any surprises while making this documentary? Do you know the thing that I love the most um, for me was I knew about, I mean, you can probably tell I'm not from the US, I'm from the UK. Mm -hmm. I found out so much about kind of, I guess, like American culture. I, I learned a lot, even though I've lived in the States for eight years. But I guess the key thing that I took from this was everyone knows about the Beanie Babies phenomenon, but not everybody knows about the kind of women behind it. And that was always the way that I wanted to, or where I wanted to shine the light. Because I think that people just kind of thought, oh, you know, this was something that was out and about and people were kind of going crazy for it but actually without you know women like Joni and women, women like the Beckys who were you know working really tirelessly and thoroughly and thoughtfully on this I'm not sure that it would have been the uh, the phenomenon that it turned out to be. Did it take you long to put the film together? It did take a little while, actually. Filming in a pandemic <laughs> is not the easiest. Um, so we kind of were making it off and on for most of last year. And then, of course, it was released at Christmas, which is a, a great release. So, yeah, it took us a while to kind of track, track down those people from the 90s. Um, but we got there in the end. 
So what is next for you? What's next? Well, I am on a true crime show. So I've gone from soft toys and a little bit of crime to... Um, wow, that's a, that's a big change. Yeah, some dastardly murders. So yeah, always, never a dull moment. Still telling stories, which is amazing and what I love doing. But uh, yes, I'm on a true crime show at the moment. Did you buy any Beanie Babies for yourself, I wonder, during this process? Well, do you know what? I actually have a living room full of them because what oh, do you is, <laughs> is everyone has these Tupperware tubs full of them. And some people are like, you know what? I'm sick of them. Will you just take them? <laughs> and of course, in the beginning, I was like, oh, I'm not going to get into this. And now I'm like, well, they are quite cute. So yeah, I'm just looking at a little corner of my living room that has them. So you're fully immersing yourself now in American culture. You know that, right? <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to step back. I'm trying to step back and take it just for journalistic purposes. But yeah, they are pretty cute. <laughs> That is Yemisi Brooks, director of the documentary Beanie Mania. It's streaming now on HBO Max. It's a lot of fun. Yemisi, thank you so much for your time. Thank, thank you. Happy Friday. Bye. Want more context on the top issues of the day? Find the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.